before we get started, um, we have a few people that are uh, gone on a trip, and as a result of that, we have a lot of room in the first couple of rows. So if I can ask the people who are towards the back, unless you're with children, can you come here to the front two or three rows, please? Because there's enough, enough room up here for you guys. And I know, I know the only reason you guys sit back there is because the front is always taken. I know that's the only reason why, but fortunately today there's space up here. So if you guys could make your way to the front, that would be awesome. And we are going to be in the, uh, we're going to start in the book of Leviticus today. I know it's such an exciting book. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going through it in our uh, Bible reading plans and, and Leviticus is just so exciting, right? Especially when, when we read about, you know, the, the things that people are going to be put to death for and, and all these rules and, and these regulations and, and, you know, these these ingredients that we don't even know what they are anymore. And it's so exciting to read this, right? Are you guys as excited about this as I am? Yep. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be in the book of Leviticus, though, and we're going to be in uh, chapter 10. I believe we read that earlier. No, we read that at the end of last week. In Leviticus chapter 10. And this is uh, this message I... I shared this when we were in Mexico a couple of uh, times ago. I don't remember if it was early in 2016 or at the end of 2015. But I shared this message there and then uh, God kind of put it on my heart again and I tweaked it a little bit, added some things, took some away. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, strange fire. And in Leviticus chapter 10 verses 1 through 7. Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. Then Moses called Mishael and Elzaphon, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them by their tunics out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and to Ithamar, his sons, do not uncover your heads, nor tear your clothes, lest you die, and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. That's a little bit of a... Of a strange uh, ending to, to that story. In the beginning, we read about Aaron's two sons and how they came before God and they were doing their duties as Levites. They were, they were uh, burning the fire, but it says they offered a, a, a profane fire before the Lord or they offered a wrong fire or a, 
or a bad fire or a strange fire before God. And, and, and because they did that, it said that that fire came down from heaven and it devoured them. And then at the end, you know, obviously, you know, to be in Aaron's positions, you know, you see your two sons just die before your very eyes. You know, obviously you're going to be filled with emotion. And more than that, God speaks through Moses and tells them, Aaron, you're not even allowed to mourn for them right now. You're not even allowed to be sad. Because if you do, then you will die as well. And it's kind of a, a strange story it, when, when, when you read it at first and you think, well, okay, I can understand how Aaron's sons did something wrong, you know, but did that really deserve death? You know, did they really deserve to die for what they did? And, and on top of that, why can't Aaron at least mourn the death of his sons? And, and I believe what, what they committed, it's a very, it's a very uh, serious sin. And, and, and that's the reason why God doesn't allow Aaron to even mourn for them. Because at this moment, God, God's trying to speak to Aaron and he's trying to tell him, Hey, I am higher than your kids. And what they did is, is, is something very sinful before me, something very wicked before me. And right now you need to honor me more than your children by not even mourning for them. And in, in, in verse 3, when Moses speaks, speaks to Aaron, he says, This is what the Lord spoke. By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. So it's almost as if God is saying the reason that they died, it's not even that they offered the wrong fire. The, the reason that they died isn't because they, they, they didn't follow the law correctly. The reason that they died is because they didn't regard me as holy. They didn't regard me as holy. And, and, and because of, of that... Because they didn't have reverence for God, because they didn't have fear of God, they were, they were able to, to, you know, to go against God's word. They, they were able to, to do something that God didn't want them to do because they didn't have that fear inside of their hearts. And, and, and the reason for their death, it wasn't even the, the action that they committed. The reason for their death was more what was inside of their hearts and what was happening on the inside. And, 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 you know, and as we read in the Word, everything that's inside of us eventually will, you know, come out to the light. If we have, if we have you know, the Spirit of God inside of us, if we're filling ourselves with the Word, eventually it's going to start coming out on, on its own. If we fill our lives with darkness, if we fill our lives with sin, eventually that's going to start coming out. And, there, and there's no way to really hide that to a certain degree. You can hide it for a, you know, specific period of time. You know, you can, you can go to church, you can pretend that... You know, you're, you're, you're a Christian, you can pretend that you're reading the Bible and, and you know, doing all these things. And, and, and you can pretend for a specific period of time, but, but the truth will always end up creeping up one way or another. And the reason is because they didn't regard God as holy. They had no reverence for God. And if we go back, if we go to Exodus chapter 24, this is, a, a you know, this is, before what we just read happened, Exodus chapter 24 and then verses 9 through 11. It says, Then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 elders of Israel. So before we even read the rest of the story, we only hear four people being mentioned. It's Moses and Aaron, who we all know, and then Nadab and Abihu, those same two sons that we just read, died. For offering profane fire. So these two sons 
are two out of the four major people that are named here. And then it says, and 70 other elders. You know, it could have easily said Moses and Aaron and 72 of the elders. But for some reason, it, it, it points them out. It says that they, they had some kind of high position in, 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 in the congregation, in the community at that time. And it says, and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. And it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God and they ate and drank. So they were, they were a part of, of, the, of the 74 people, only 74 people out of the millions of, of, you know, the nation of Israel that came out of Egypt. Only 74 of them saw God and, and they were two of those 74 people. Those, those, those two sons that we read that they offered the profane fire before God and they were devoured for, for, for it. So it shows that they had, a, they had a position even, they had a reputation. They weren't even just somebody who, who you know, if, if we kind of translate into, you know, today's English, they weren't just somebody who came to church. They weren't just somebody, you know, who, who came every Sunday and just kind of sat and hung out and then, and then went home. They were actually the people that were serving. They were actually in the, in the ministries. They maybe were even on the, on the pulpit or on the stage or, or wherever they were serving. They, they were prominent in, 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 that, in, that, uh, in that group of people. Everybody knew who they were. And then we read in Exodus 30, which is a, which is a couple more chapters forward. Verses 7 through 10. This is where, you know, God's speaking to Aaron and, and, and he's telling him all the laws. And then it says in uh, chapter 30, verse 7, Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning. And when he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on them. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it. A perpetual incense before the Lord throughout all generations. And it says, you shall not offer strange incense on it or a burnt offering or a grain offering nor shall you pour a drink offering on it so right there we see God just giving clear instructions and then in that same chapter if we go to verse 34 it says and the Lord said to Moses take sweet spices stacti onicha galbanum pure frankincense with these sweet spices there shall be equal amounts of each and then he starts talking about the, the process of how this, this incense is supposed to be made. He got, God starts giving these tiny details that you read it and, and you're even thinking, what are these things that, that I'm reading about? And, and, and for some reason, God is very specific about the kind of fire that he wants burned. He's very specific. And before that, he said, you shouldn't put a strange fire there. You shouldn't do anything other than what I'm telling you right now. So he gives them clear instructions. And then as we read, those two sons decided to do their own thing. They decided to put up their own fire. They decided to, 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 uh, to add their own ingredients to the fire or, or remove some of the ingredients that are supposed to be there. They, you know, if, if we look at it in today's Christianity, it's how a lot of Christians are kind of, they're taking the word of God and they're like, I don't like these scriptures. They don't make me feel comfortable. You know, and, you know, in this scripture means this but I kind of I'm going to twist it and I'm going to make it mean this to prove my point and to and to kind of to to justify what I'm doing and and what a lot of Christians are doing nowadays is they're they're burning the strange fire before God they're 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 not following the 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 instructions that 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 God has given Christians through through his son through through the apostles you know through through the church that's here today 
people are choosing not to follow those instructions and instead kind of pick and choose what they like and then you know add their own ingredients you know i don't like this i like this i don't like this i don't like how they do this in this church so i'm going to go to this church where they sing these kinds of songs oh they sang that song i don't like now i'm going to go to this church because the pastor preaches like this or i'm going to keep going to this church but i don't agree with 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 that pastor i don't agree with with that preacher i don't i don't agree with with you know all the all the mission trips i don't agree with with how they're singing i don't agree with why how they're praying so long or why they're praying in tongues and they're taking all these ingredients that, that, that are supposed to be in their lives, that, that they're supposed to offer before God. And they're, and they're removing them and they're adding their own and they're mixing it up and they're making their own fire. They're making a strange fire. And I remember when I was in Mexico, when we were in a, uh, on Sunday morning, we were in Andres' church and I asked them to make a fire. Because, you know, their church is, is not you know it doesn't have to be under you know american building codes and we can have fire inside of the buildings because there's no carpet on the ground so i asked them to make a fire and they made a fire they brought it inside and then i had these little uh these little packets these uh, magical packets and and i took this packet and i just threw it in the fire and you know and the fire bur fire is burning everything fine and then all of a sudden the fire turns like green and blue same fire it seems like but it's green and blue you know i added my own ingredient to it and all of a sudden the fire changed it's still a fire burning it's still doing the same purpose it looks like it's still giving off heat but i added my own ingredient to it and all of a sudden it's green and 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 and, and blue and and you know and, the, and there's just one little um there's just one little side effect to, to using that magical packet in fire is you can't cook anything over the fire anymore because if you eat something you'll get poisoned it looks great it looks great it's still you know it's doing part of its function as a fire you know it's giving off heat it's you know everything's great it's it's you know even even cooler now because it's green and blue and and you know it, it's it's you know it attracts you more it's like wow that's a cool fire but you can't eat anything from it because you'll die and this is what's happening in the church. And then, you know, that fire is burning in the church and I forgot about it because I got, you know, focused on the preaching and the smoke was all over the room. And then, you know, people have like watery eyes and somebody's like, no, I'll get the fire out of here. So then we took the fire out, but people already had teary eyes. But anyways, but, but that, that, that's what Christians are doing nowadays is they're adding their own ingredients. They're, they're messing with the, with the recipe that God has created. They're, they're messing with, with, with the one way that will actually get you to heaven. Because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the only way. And people are messing with that. And they're trying to say, well, we know that this is the right path. But if you, know, if you cut off the road here, and you, know, and you go somewhere over there, and then you do this and this and this, somehow you'll actually end up ahead of all the Christians you know, on this path. And you'll still you know, kind of go to the same God. Whereas when, when, when we read the words of Jesus, we see that you know, narrow is the path narrow is the path there's there's no it's not narrow are the paths or narrow is the path but there's a wider path that's more comfortable that leads to the narrow path later on it's very simple and and, and god gives clear instructions and if we go back to leviticus chapter 10 this you know in, in in our bibles you know i guess in the in the english bible it kind of it breaks up all the sections and you know when a when a new section starts it's kind of a new paragraph and then it has a a, uh, a subheading and then you're kind of like okay the last story is over and the new one has begun but you know that's not how the bible was written and as as we read you know the story in 
you know, that ends in verse 7. And then in verse 8, all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to Aaron saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, that you may distinguish between holy and unholy, between unclean and clean, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. So these two sons are dead all of a sudden. And you know, and God's telling Aaron, don't mourn. And then all of a sudden, you know, God totally switches directions. And he says, you know, don't drink alcohol. You know, I think God is very logical in a lot of ways. And I think that there's a reason that this follows the story that we just read. I think maybe it doesn't say that right. But I think maybe wine or intoxicating drink had something to do with the story that we just read about. And maybe, and because it's interesting that God says the reason they died is because they didn't regard me as holy. And then he says, don't drink wine so that you can distinguish between holy and unholy. And so you can distinguish between clean and unclean. You know, it kind of, it connects together. So it kind of, kind of gives you a, a hint that, hey, maybe these two sons, you know, drank something that they shouldn't have before they entered the presence of God. And that shows you even more how they didn't have reverence for God or they didn't have fear for God because they were able to do such a, such a, such a wicked thing. Can, can, you, can you imagine if, uh, if, if, if pastor would get drunk right before he preaches on Sunday? Can, can you just, you know, that doesn't even make sense in our heads because that just contradicts itself. You, you realize that that just can't happen. It's, but that's what we're reading happen here. Is, is, or, or can you imagine, you know, you know, Katie before, you know, Yogi Bear, right? Right before Yogi Bear starts, you know, downs a, you know, a good drink. And then, you know, she, hey, kids, it doesn't happen. And you realize that, that these two things, they don't mix. And it's not even that it's, it's talking about alcohol. It's just it's 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 talking about that, that 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 state of your heart where you allow yourself to do things that are so wicked before God. And, it, you know, here it might be talking about alcohol, but it could be anything in our lives. Anything that we're, that we're allowing ourselves to, 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 you know, take part in and at the same time minister to God and at the same time be a part of ministry. You know, and, and, and we're mixing these things up that don't mix. And that's what we're trying to do. And then we're offering this, this, this strange fire before God and we're thinking, man, Christianity is really boring. Well, it's boring because you're not even doing the right thing. It's when, when, once you burn the right fire, once you're actually, actually doing what God says, you know, then you get to the point where you're no longer a, a slave to Christ, but you're a friend to Christ. Because, you know, that's what we read in, in the New Testament is that at first we're all slaves to Christ. And what that means is we're just, we're just following the word of God. We don't understand why. We, we, we maybe, we don't get some of the rules, but we just do it because we're told. And you know, and we're kind of, we're kind of slaves to Christ in a way. And over time, out, out of that relationship, we become friends. And it's at that moment where, 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 you know, you're excited to actually read the word. Where you're actually excited to, you know, come here to, to youth service or, 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 or to church service or to prayers. You're actually excited. It's not a burden for you anymore. You're actually excited to come here and, 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 and you know, and, and pray for revival. You're actually excited to come here and, 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 and pray and just ask God to, to, to move and ask God to, 
to, to expand our, 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 our ministries and to expand our mission trips, you're actually excited about it. It's not a burden for you anymore. And then I want to read another story. of uh, We're going to read three stories. That was the first one. The next one is in the book of Numbers, chapter 16. The book of Numbers, chapter 16. And this, we're not going to read this whole chapter, but this whole chapter is a, is a story. It's a story about a rebellion that, that, that rose up against Moses. It's uh, in verse number one. It says, Now Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi. So even before we get started, we know that Korah was a Levite. He was part of the, the you know, selected group or the selected people that were to serve. That, that, were, that were to serve God. That were, you know, they, just, they had to dedicate their lives to serve God. And, and he was part of that, of that tribe. And it says, He and... Uh, with Dathan and Abiram, sons of Pelat, sons of Reuben, they took men and they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel and 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to him, you take too much upon yourselves for all the congregation is holy. Every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? So you have this, this group of, 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 of three kind of three musketeers, and then they take up 250 leaders, and then a whole bunch of other people from Israel, and they go up against Moses and, and they challenge him. And they say, You know, who do you think you are? You know, look, look at all of Israel. We're all holy. You know, we're all, we're all perfect. We're all great. We're all holy. You know, who. Where, where do you come off, you know, telling us that you talk with God and that God speaks to you and, and, you know, all the words that you're saying and the laws, they're all from God. You know, why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly? And, the, and they challenge Moses and, the, and it's, and it's, and you know, and there, there's a, when, when there's agreement, there, there's one way to come about it where you just come up, you know, quietly to a person one-on-one and just like, hey, you know, you're talking about this. I don't understand it. Can you explain it to me? Because I don't agree with it right now but maybe if you that's one thing it's a whole nother thing to to you know rise up a huge chunk of the congregation and go up in rebellion against them in public out of everybody so right off the bat we see that you know it's not the best situation to be in if you're this core guy you know if, if you know the bible and if you know the principles of god you know you're already starting off on the wrong foot and his, whole, and his argument was you know he was saying the whole congregation is holy all all of israel you know the lord is with us and then what, what ends up happening is, is, you know, Moses says, okay, let's go to this place and we'll see who's right. And then they're like, okay, let's go to this place. And then they're like, no, Moses, we're not going to go to this place. We don't have to do what you say. So then they decide a different place to go. And then in verse, in verse 35, after, after Moses was speaking, a fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering incense. So all of a sudden, you know, all these men are holy, all, 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 all these men are, you know, they're right. And then the same situation, a fire comes down from heaven and devours them all and burns them all and destroys them all and kills them all right there. And then it's a very similar situation. They were, in this case, they're actually even doing the same thing. They were offering incense. So in this case, it didn't say they were offering a wrong incense. So in this case, they were offering even the right incense 
But because their heart was wicked, even that right incense that they were offering, it still wasn't good enough for God. And He still destroyed them and devoured them with fire. So there's kind of, there's, there's, there's two things that, that, that play here. There's kind of the, the, the position of, of your heart and, and, and your humility before God and, and being obedient to His Word. And you can't just do one and not the other. Because as, as we read, you know, when, when you're obedient to God, when, when, when you're obedient and you're doing what, you, what you're told, but your heart isn't in the right place, they were destroyed by fire. And then in the other situation where, where well, I guess in the other situation, they weren't doing anything right. Their heart wasn't right and, and their actions weren't right. So, and, and, and you have these two things that kind of, they, they have to coexist. And, you know, it's, it's like you can't just take the word and not, you know, receive the spirit that, that humbles us. It's kind of, the, there's these two things. There's, there's, these two, there's these two parts to the scale for it to balance. You have the word of God that, 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 that's spoken to you, that you're obedient to. And then you have the spirit that, that enters into your life and that begins to change you. It begins to, to humble you. It begins to, to make you more and more like God, you know, if you, if you allow it to. And it's, and it's these two parts of your life that kind of, as they coexist, you begin to actually grow as a Christian. And, you, and, and you know, it becomes exciting for you and, and it becomes real for you. And, and you begin to see, you know, miracles, you know, happening all around you. And, you know, God just doing amazing things in your life. But unless you have that balance, unless you, unless you have both of those things in your life, then you don't ever fully get to see the blessing of God, and you, and you don't fully get get to get to partake in, in 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 what He has for you. And then the third story is in the New Testament. It's in Acts chapter five. It's Acts chapter five, and then from from verse one. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So, God, so great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. So it's the New Testament. You know, you know Jesus came, you know, he died, he's resurrected, and you know, he canceled out the Old Testament. As, as we hear in many churches, you know, the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore. It's all about grace. It's all about the New Testament. But we see the same result and the same situation happening just kind of in a, in a New Testament context. In, you know, a different period of time. We see that, that you know, somebody has, you know, claimed that, you know, I sold my whole house and here I'm offering it to God when in reality he's only giving a part of that and keeping the rest for himself. And 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 Peter because he he was anointed at that time, he you know, he saw through that and he says, "Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit?" 
And then it says, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? So it's the same problem. We see a, a problem with the heart of the person. And even though he was doing a good deed, per se, you know, he, he wasn't even doing it fully like he could because his heart was wicked. And because of that, you know, this time, what, what's really different about the result is there wasn't a fire that came down from heaven and consumed him, but instead he fell down and breathed his last. And it's the same outcome. It's a person died because he did the wrong thing before God and even more because he had the wrong heart and he was pretending to do the right thing or, or he was playing a role of, of being a good Christian when in his heart he was wicked. And, and reading the rest of the story, now it was about three hours later when his wife came in not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. So it's almost like Peter is even giving her a chance to, to repent. Because it's like he's even asking a question in a way where it's like, I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyways. He's like, is it true that you sold the land for this much? So pretty much the amount that your husband said, is it true that it was for this much? And she answered, yes, for this much, for so much. And then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And, and the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. And so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Now, this is a married couple. This is, you know, you have a husband and you have a wife. And, and they were on the same page. You know, they were united. You know, they were, they were as one. You know, two became one. And they decided together that they were going to deceive God. They decided together that they were going to deceive the church. That they were going to lie to the Holy Spirit. And, and even though Peter gave her a chance almost. I, I don't know, when I, when I read even the way that he questioned that it's it's almost like it's almost like you you can hear it in his voice where he's saying please don't say yes you know please repent right now cuz you if you repent right now you'll have a chance you know you'll have a chance you know we will forgive you we'll we'll restore it you know don't follow the footsteps of your husband it's a, it's almost like he's crying out to her while asking that question and and, and she answers she says yeah 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 it's all it's all true he he didn't lie everything's fine and because of that, the same result. And the sin in this situation was you have not lied to men, but to God. And why have you let this thing in your heart? And then what's interesting is the same thing happened here was it says great fear filled the church. So before it said, you know, great fear went, went throughout all the people. Now it says great fear filled the church. So it's like when, when, it's, when you know, a situation like this happens, all of a sudden fear Fills everybody and everybody's like, oh, you know, I got to make sure I'm not, I'm not in that situation. I got to make sure I'm right with God. And, you know, and it's, you know, you're lucky if you're, if you're that person that, that doesn't suffer and, and you're there, you know, to like, oh, you know, I need to get right. You know, to be on the safe side, it's probably better to do that before a situation rises up and to check your heart. To check your heart before God, to make sure that, that you're right before Him, to make sure that you're pure before Him, to make sure that... That, that, that the decisions that you're making in your life actually please Him. 
And, that, and that's something that we'll do today as, 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 we, as we pray, but something to, to think about even as we, as, we, as we continue. This topic is, you know, what kind of fire am I burning today? In all, in all these places in Scripture, they kind of talk about a, a, a specific group. You know, they, they don't just talk about people who are in the world. They don't talk about, you know, people who aren't believers. They're, all these places are actually referring to the believers, the people, you know, in the faith, the people who are supposed to be in God, the people who are in the church. That's who it's referring to. And, and you know, that scares me personally because, you know, I'm in that group of people today. You know, I'm in that group of people, you know, where, you know, I'm serving God. You know, I'm, I call myself a Christian. So I'm automatically in this, in this group. And I want to make sure that I don't have this kind of end result in my life. I want to make sure that, that I don't have this kind of outcome in me. And, and because of that, you know, we need to constantly just, just check ourselves. We need to constantly make sure that, that, that we didn't stray from God or, or we didn't, you know, begin by, you know, taking out a small ingredient out of the fire. You know, maybe something that's not very noticeable at first, you know, or, or adding something in thinking, well, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. You know, I, I agree with everything that's spoken. I agree with everything in the Bible, you know, but I, I like this and I'm going to, you know, I think it's okay for Christians to do this. You know, whether it be, you know, as we, as we read, whether it be drinking or 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 any other sin, you know, we we all struggle with something. You know, I, I think you know each of us personally can can think of something that we could try to justify and add to that fire, to to try to justify our flesh and and try to make it to ourselves. We can all think of the of these things that that, that we can do to this fire in our own lives, and and that's where we need to test ourselves. That's where pastor's not going to help us anymore. That's where our, our, our leaders aren't going to be there for us anymore. Because in those situations, that's when we're alone and we're before God. And only we can truly see what's in our heart. Only we can truly know what's going on, what's going on and what state our heart is in. And, and, and if we're not constantly on it, if we're not constantly fighting, if we're not constantly you know, in this struggle and, 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 you know, and, you know, pushing forward and fighting our flesh and, 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 you know, killing off our fleshly and sinful desires. If we're not constantly in this process, eventually we'll get to the point where we're burning the strange fire and, and we don't even feel bad for it anymore. We don't even, our conscience isn't even kicking in anymore because we've seared it. Because we've seared it and, and we don't even feel it anymore. We're numb to it. And we're burning the strange fire and we're coming here every week and, and we're serving and we're burning and saying, God, you know, this is where I'm offering before you. And then church ends and, and, and we're off doing whatever we want. And it becomes a part of our life. And if you're doing that and if you're living that kind of life, you know, based on the word of God, based on what we read, you're not saved. Just as simple as that, you're not saved. If, if you're constantly doing your own thing, but calling yourself a Christian, adding your own ingredients, doing your own style of Christianity other than what God has spoken, you're not saved. As harsh as that sounds, it, as sad as that is, it's, it's the truth. And, and, you know, as we heard for the past couple of weeks, you know, as, as pastors has been talking about uh, being born again, 
You know, that plays a big factor into this. Because when you're born again, that's when you truly begin to change. And, and when you're really born again, it's not even possible for you to do something like this. It's, it's possible for you to stoop down and fall and get to that point again. But when you're born again, when you're filled with the Spirit, when you're hungry for God, when you truly love Him for everything, for, love Him more than anything, it's not even possible for you to, to come before the presence of God and have no reverence. It's not even possible for you to, to, come, to come before the presence of God and not even have fear. And, and, you know, and, and you know, live in, in sin on the side and then come to church and, and, you know, and be on the worship team or, or, or you know, even be in Yogi Bear or have a school club or anything. It's not even possible for you to do that anymore. Because when the Spirit lives inside of you, it's, it's, it's a constant fight. And you know, the Holy Spirit's like, I, I can't do this. We can't live together with this sin. And you have to make that decision. But when you're not born again, and when you choose not to be born again, you know, the door's wide open. And, you know, most likely, you're probably already in the situation where you're burning that strange fire, where, where you know I, know, I know God's calling me to do this and this and this, but I really like this career, and I'm going to chase it. And I'm going to, you know, still come to church, and I'm going to still be a Christian, I'm going to still serve, but... My heart is just in this fully. And I, yeah, I still come to church. I'm still a Christian, but you know, my, this has my heart. Or, or you know, it can, like I said, it can be a sin in your life. And it's just, some, it's, it gets to the point where you love the sin more than you love God. And you love the sin more, more than you love the presence of God even. And God said that anything that you put before me, anything that comes before me, whatever it is, it's an idol. He said anything. You can, it can be your family. It can be your kids. It can be your friends. It could be your, 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 your job. It can be money. Whatever you put before God is an idol. And when you're doing that, then you're already, you're automatically, you're burning that strange fire because you took God's word, but you're like, no, but I'm going to add my idol in there too. And you're adding an ingredient. Or God said not to do this. I'm going to take that ingredient out. Now I can do this. And, you're, and that's what we're doing. And that's why it's so important for us to always just, just check ourselves, just to, just to come before God and, and, and just ask Him even. Just, you know, ask Him and then just sit there quietly and wait for Him to talk to you. And if He doesn't talk to you, then He'll talk to you through your parents or, or, or He'll talk to you through, through a sermon or He'll talk to you some way. You know, just to make sure our hearts are open to be like, God, if I'm doing something wrong, you know, test me. Like it says in Psalm 139, you know, test me and know my way. See if, see if I'm on the wrong path. See if I'm doing something wrong, God. Test me constantly. Make sure that, that, that the fire that my life is burning is not, is not strange. Make sure that it's not profane before you, God. Make sure that it's, that it's pure, that, it, that it's holy, God. You know, and when we do that, then God will, will speak to us. He'll, he'll begin to, to, to open up to us. He'll show you, you know, things that you need to change. He'll, he'll, he'll show you what, what maybe you need to adjust in your life. Or He'll tell you, you know, you're doing everything wrong. Or you're doing everything right. Sometimes He'll tell you you're doing everything wrong. But He'll tell you you're doing everything right. Because there's times in Christianity, especially when, when you're pressed, when, when people push on you for, for your faith and, you know, you don't love, you know, you're, you're, you're not a true Christian, you don't have enough love, you know, you don't, you don't do this, you don't do that, you know, you guys are always telling people that, that they can't drink, why don't you guys preach about the grace, and you get to this point where you almost begin to question yourself and you're like, God, am I doing something wrong? 
You know, am I supposed to be standing this firm on your word or not? And, and you just come before God and say, yes, you're supposed to be standing this firm on my word. Because this is what my son did when he was on this earth. This is what he did when, when, when they were beating him. He stood firm. He stayed faithful. This is what he did. And you're doing... And just come before God. Just check yourself. Always. You know, better be safe than sorry. If you, if you think you're right, ask God. Make sure you're right. Have them, have them even, even show you a sign that you're right. You know, don't take that risk because this is, this is your life. This isn't just an, 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 you know, an investment in a stock. This isn't just something minuscule. This is your life. And, you know, and if you make the wrong decision here, unfortunately, the outcome is very permanent. And, you know, and once we're dead, there's no purgatory. There's no second chance that, you know, God, you know, I thought I had it right. I'm sorry. You know, that doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, don't take that risk. Make sure that you're right today. Make sure that, 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 that you're burning for God. Make sure that the fire's right. Make sure that you're born again. And if you're not, just stay hungry for it. If, if it's not coming for some reason, if, if, if you've been coming to church for, for years and you've been serving and, and you know that that fire is still not inside of you, don't stop. Don't give in. Don't say they're all fake. That's, this doesn't exist. Keep pushing. Keep fighting. It'll, the moment will come. But just keep pushing forward. Don't ever give up. Don't ever begin to question God. Don't ever begin to, 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 put, his, to put His authority under question. You know, He's God. He knows what He's doing. Just trust Him. Just stay obedient to His Word. Stay obedient to, to, to what you know you need to keep doing. And just keep pushing forward. You know, because I remember there were, there were moments in my life where, where I would just drag myself to prayer on Sunday. I would just drag myself and I wouldn't feel anything. And I would just walk back and forth or I would just sit there for an hour and I would just not say anything. And I would just sit there and I'm like, I'm not feeling it, but I'm still going to come. I'm still going to come and I'm still going to keep fighting and I'm going to keep doing it until, until I see God move and until I see God change. And it, it, it doesn't matter whether you feel it or you don't. Keep coming here. Keep sitting on Friday. Keep listening. E even if you don't want to agree with it, keep saying, God, I don't agree with this, but I want to agree with this. God, right now my heart just says no, and I don't want to do what, what, what they're saying, but I know this is you speaking, and even though I don't understand it, God, just shake me up and, and make this a part of my life. You know, when you do that, when, when you have that kind of approach to your life, then you'll see God moving. But if, if, you're, if, you know, if you're coming here, oh, being born again, that sounds nice, I want that, I want that, and you're kind of praying for it, no, I didn't get it, whatever, I don't care anymore. It's, it, it's not going to come like that. It's going to come when you're hungry. It's going to come when, 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 when you know, God is more important to you than anything else. Then you'll begin to see results. Then you'll, you'll, you'll begin to see miracles. But if you don't put, that, that, put, put your full effort forwards, if you, don't, if you don't become passionate, if you don't say, God, I want to love you more than anything, just do whatever you want to, to make me love you. God, just destroy my life. Just take everything out, you know. I'll flunk out of school, have, you know, have me get fired for some phony reason. Just do whatever you need to do to get me back on track. You know, when you do that, then God will always answer. You know, he says, I, I stand at the door and I knock. And I just wait for the door to be open. You know, he never barges in. He'll never, you know, pick at the lock to try to unlock your heart. He's just standing there. He's always ready for you. He's always waiting for you. But you have to open that door. And you have to invite him in. You have to open that door. You have to make that, that step. You have to expose your life and say, God, I'll get rid of everything. Just 
do something in me. You know, change something. You know, move everything around. And, you know, this is what we don't see in Christianity today, sadly. This is what we don't see. And that's why I'm so thankful for our, our church. That, 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 you know, we hear this kind of message. Because it's, it's almost as if even most pastors are, are... It's almost... It's almost like they're, they're stopping their congregation from, from entering into God's presence. It's almost like even pastors are, are preaching nowadays and because the message is so fluffy, the people don't even know that they need to reach out to God. The people don't even know that they need to, to, to put God above everything. And that's something that, that we're blessed with and that's something that we hear every single week. And, and you know, once we choose to, to accept that, once we, once we choose to agree with that, th- then you'll see results. And you know, and I... And I I'll even challenge one of you guys, you know, take that step and, and you know, and, and, you know and, and get to that place that I'm talking about. And then tell me that, that Christianity is boring. And then tell me that youth services are boring. You know, get to that place, you know, be excited for God. And, you know, and, and then I want to, you know, I want to hear somebody tell me that, you know, youth is boring, that prayers are boring, that it's not exciting, that, you know, it's more fun to do this or that. Because once you get there, once, once you take part in it, you don't care about things of this world anymore yes we still work yes we still go to school yes we still you know have have our you know hangout moments we still play basketball we still do these things that we enjoy but compared to how much we love God none of that matters anymore and once you get to that point then it'll be much easier for you to make more difficult decisions in your life as as weird as that sounds it'll become easier for you because you'll 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 be looking into the future and you'll say God I know that, that this is difficult, but, but it's, it's going to lead me to, to where you want me to be. And it's going to lead me to where I'm supposed to be if, I, if I'm living according to your will. And, and, and that's what I see when, when, when I read these three stories. When, when you know, we see these situations of people, they were servants. They were you know, doing stuff for God. They were, they were you know, in, in the ministry. And they were, you know, maybe even at some, some moments, you know, they had emotions. And they were excited. They were like, you know, we're going to go conquer the world. You know, we're Christians. We're, we're God's people. And then somewhere along the lines, something got twisted. Something got twisted or they, or they stopped fighting they, they allowed sin to enter into their lives and, and they became numb to it. And then their heart got to that state that it was in when, when God destroyed them. And it always starts small. It always starts with, with, with a small sin that you allow or, or a small disagreement that, that you have with, with pastor even. Just a small disagreement. And it just starts from that disagreement because in that disagreement there's rebellion already beginning to be born in your heart because you're already putting the authority of 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 a man of God under question and and by doing that you're putting God under question because there's somebody that God has placed in this church and it just starts with a little little disagreement and like I said there there is a way to go about these disagreements where it's like pastor I just don't understand I just don't understand can you show me in the bible what that, that, that what you're preaching is, you know, biblical. You know, because we can't argue with the Bible. If it says it in the Bible and we don't agree with it, there's no justification for that. You just don't agree with the Bible. 
But, you know, we're people, we mess up, we, you know, sometimes we'll say something that, that's not right, and, you know, you know show me where, where that is in the Bible, you know, show me where that's backed up by Scripture. Oh, okay, right here, I see it. Now I understand. You know, it's different to have that kind of disagreement where, no, no, I don't agree with that. No, I don't think Christians need to do this, no. And I still, you know, I constantly think about, about my relatives where, where, where they were just atheists before they got married and they got married and all of a sudden they wanted to become Christians and, and you know, they're looking around for a church and I remember talking to them and they're like, we're not going to go to your church because your pastor doesn't let you drink. And, you know, we're like, well, we don't need to get drunk. We just like to drink wine every once in a while. And I remember, and I'm like, it's that little thing that's going to end up destroying your lives if you don't get that in check. And that's what I see now, that, that they've gotten into Calvinism. Now that I see, now that all of a sudden, you know, I'm super prideful for, you know, I'm super, I'm trying to word this right because it doesn't make sense to me. I'm super prideful because... In humility, I realize that I'm not saved unless I'm reliant on God fully. And, you know, I'm prideful because of that. Because, you know, I'm, I'm prideful because today I'm standing here and I'm saying, you know, because I'm being obedient to God, I know that I'm saved. Because I'm born again, I know that I'm saved. And I'm prideful for that. And I'm just so confused. And I'm like, how did you guys get to this? Oh, it was that little decision. That little thing where we just wanted to drink some wine every once in a while. That little thing. And because of that... Just this monster is, is being born out of nowhere. And, you know, these little situations, they'll come up in our lives and in and, and, and different ways and in, through different paths. And they'll come up and these tests will always be in our lives. And we kind of decide, you know, are we going to continue to push forward? Are we going to continue to go after God? Or are we going to start to veer off the path? Or are we going to start taking the easy road? Or are we going to start trying to create another Christianity? That's all I really wanted to share today. And to finish off, I just wanted to go to Romans chapter 12. And the first two verses, we, sh we should know them very well by now. But Romans 12, 1 and 2. And then we'll pray. And it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the same thing, offer, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So don't go with the ways of this world. You know, let God transform you. Let God transform your mind. Let God transform your heart. And that's what we're going to do today. And if we can just stand up, we're going we're gonna to pray right now. And we're just going to we're just gonna ask God to, to change us. We're just going to ask God to, to test us, to make sure that we're on the right, right path.